Hello, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we are interviewing Shauna Bruce Hamburger. She is a speaker and author of Beyond Adversity into Freedom, and she has also founded her own company, Divine Potential, where she utilizes her speaking skills and writing skills to inspire and encourage others. She also has lived with spina bifida all her life and has an amazing story to share about how she's overcome those circumstances. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Angela. I feel very honored and blessed to be here, so thank you. Well, I was very excited when I found out about you and saw that you had wrote a book and all the exciting things that you do um, to encourage and inspire other people. So I'm going to let you tell your story about how it all started um, as far as dealing with your illness and the things that happened early on in life to kind of lead up to this point. Well, yes, as you said, I was born with spina bifida. It is the most common permanently disabling birth defect. And I was, there's three levels of it. And I was actually born with the most severe type. So along with that, you know, came a lot of permanently disabling effects because of um, nerve damage is really the the main problem with spina bifida. And when I was born, the doctors did not know if I was even going to live. And if I lived, they didn't know if I was ever going to walk. I am. I'm 36 years old and I'm here and I've never been in a wheelchair except for right after surgery. I was raised by phenomenal parents. The doctor that delivered me told them to not ever treat me any different than they did their other children. Mm-hmm. Then he told them that was the best thing they could do for me. And they did. They raised me with the mentality that I could do whatever I put my mind to. Mm-hmm. And they always kept me focused on what my gifts and talents were rather than on what I couldn't do. So I grew up living a wonderful childhood, being a cheerleader and being um, in student council, junior class president and in 4-H and on the speech team. And I'm very, very thankful to have had the parents that I've had. And the most pivotal uh, wisdom that my parents ever gave me was when I was six years old and I, I started kindergarten in a wheelchair because of having surgery on my legs. And I realized I was the only child in a wheelchair. And up to that point, I can honestly say I never even really recognized the spina bifida. I didn't even know, you know, that anything was different about me than with Mm -hmm. other children. But it was in kindergarten when I realized I was the only one in a wheelchair that I was different. And so I came home and asked my parents about spina bifida or why I was in a wheelchair, actually. And so they told me about spina bifida and how it was going to affect me the rest of my life. My dad told me a monumental story that just absolutely um, directed and changed my life. He told me I could either choose to be a victim of spina bifida Mm-hmm. and let it control my life, or I could choose to believe that I was here for a reason and God created me for a purpose, and I was going to live life to the fullest. And I remember going and laying, in, laying on my bed at six years old and deciding that I knew I was here for a reason and I was going to live life to the fullest. And that was the most empowering wisdom my parents ever could have given me because I think so many times when we're in circumstances that we can't control We think that we're just powerless to them and we become victims of them. But the one thing that nobody or no circumstance can ever take away from us is our ability to choose how we respond to those circumstances. That's absolutely true. Very awesome. I love that, that your parents instilled that in you early on. Yes, I am so thankful for that, Angela, because I really believe if they hadn't taught me that, you know, the whole course of my life would have been drastically different. I really believe that it's in your choosing that affects mm-hmm. your direction in life and your your quality of life. So from there, you grew up, you had all these successes along the way, but I'm sure there were challenges. And can you talk about 
some of those challenges when things were discouraging or you did feel left out, so to speak, and how did you handle those moments in your life? Because I know a lot of times people want insight, like how do I get through this? How do I stay encouraged or inspired? Yes, exactly. And that's that's actually why I wrote my book because so many times in my journey in life, I've met people who are in circumstances and they just don't know how to get to the other side of them, you know, or they don't know how to get back to square one. So that's what I wrote about in my book and beyond adversity into freedom is the keys that I've learned in overcoming adversity that has helped me find the level of freedom that I have. And when I say freedom, I mean that my circumstances don't define me or Mm -hmm. control me or dictate to me who I am because of the things I've learned. So, and I did go, go through, especially, um, in the teenage years, I think the hardest challenge for me was probably the just, you know, I didn't date mm-hmm. because, you know, the teenage years, guys, you know, they just see things differently. And, and so I didn't, you know, I think I saw, always felt, you know, rejected right. in that way. And so I did have, you know, a lot of tears growing up and I wasn't always, you know, I was always happy, but I also had, you know, I had, I had hard experiences, but my parents were amazing. They were always there and they always really helped me understand that if I was being teased or rejected, you know, that it's so easy to take to take that on as that there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And but my parents always helped me understand that that it wasn't because there was something wrong with me, that it was really about the other person and their perception and you know and, and where they were at in their life. And exactly. so yes, and that's what, what helped me a lot. And now I'm I'm married to a wonderful man and he's just amazing. He's unconditionally loving and accepting and so, you know, I I'm actually thankful I didn't go through all the heartbreak of the dating years that so people go through. Mm-hmm. But I you know, I do mature at very very early age just mm-hmm. because of the experiences I did have to face, you know, on a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And, and my growing up years were the most challenging. So I'm really thankful now to be in adulthood and, <laughs> and be where I'm at. But like the chapters I talk about in my book, the, the biggest thing I think is, you know, is teaching people that they always have the ability to choose because mm-hmm. that was what helped me the most, um, knowing that no matter what was happening to me, I still was always able to choose how I was going to respond to that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that was so key. And and also being grateful, being grateful for the things that I did have in life because, you know, it's so easy when we are faced with challenges to just get so hooked into the challenge and so focused on the challenge that we forget the blessings that we really do have around us. Mm-hmm. And when things were hardest for me, my parents were phenomenal at helping me remember what I still did have in life and what I did have going for me and and the good things. And that's also a big part of what kept me going was just being grateful for mm-hmm. The fact that I am alive, the fact that I do walk, the fact that, you know, there always could be things so much worse than what I'm going through. Those are just a couple of chapters of the book I talk about, but those are some of the most pivotal keys I learned, you know, in growing up that helped me overcome that adversity. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Those are two very key factors I know from experience and from talking with many other people that have gone through challenging and difficult circumstances through their life. I do want to ask you, because I'm often asked this myself, and I've asked other people on the show, do you think there's one thing about your character or something about you in particular that gave you the ability to be so strong and to carry on and, you know, move on through all these challenges, despite, you know, you had your parents' support and those types of things? Often people wonder, you know, what is the magic pill that I could take to have this perseverance, if you will, and, and 
what is it you think about you that makes you gives you that unique place within yourself that made you go far with this? Oh, that's a great question, Angela. I think that's that is a, a very universal question. So I think for me, I think it was probably several things. I think my faith in God was, you know, number one, because that just has been just something that's been there throughout my entire life. And, mm-hmm. and I'm so thankful for that. And I think that's probably been the, the biggest key for me. And then, of course, my, my parents and always encouraging me because I have met people along the way who have spina bifida that have told me that I'm fortunate to have been raised in such a positive home because they weren't raised in the same environment. And because of that, that they turned out to be, you know, very negative or just live as victims of their circumstances. And so I think that also is a very, very powerful key. And I do think just finding that place of inner resilience and strength in you, I do think we all have that, but I think sometimes it's hard to find that. And and for me, you know, I just think because my disability was from birth, I found it at a, at a very early age. And mm-hmm. I really don't know where that comes from, but I, I do believe we all have it. I just mm-hmm. think Absolutely. sometimes it's, it's easier to tap into it at different times or for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the three keys that I think have helped me the most become mm-hmm. the person that I am. And I don't think I'd be where I am without any of them. You know, I mm-hmm. needed, I needed all of those things to make mm-hmm. me who I am today. And so, I think that's a good point is that all of us have that spirit within us, if you will, to overcome and achieve and really go further than we ever could have imagined with our lives. And I think the other point that you mentioned is very true, that it's something different for everyone that drives us, that's within our core, that helps us, that supports us, that, you know, brings us to the point of feeling successful. At what point did you decide to start divine potential and start speaking and then write the book and those types of things. Was there something pivotal in your life that made you think, you know, I want to share this. I want to get out there and encourage and inspire people or what kind of led up to that? Yes, actually, that's a great question too, Angela. Very interesting because all of my life, ever since I was little, I always wanted to be a speaker. That's just what I saw myself doing from the time I was little. Wow, that's awesome. Yes, it was that just the vision I had of myself. But interestingly enough, I didn't take that route in college or, and I have no idea why, because I was on the speech team growing up and went to nationals and was state champion and that kind of thing. So I had the that success, but I didn't go into, you know, mass communications or journalism or whatever in college. I actually have a degree in wellness management. And, you know, so that's kind of an interesting journey. So because I had my degree in wellness management, I was a massage therapist for over eight years and had a massage therapy and wellness center. That was a success all on, all on its own because people told me that I could never be a massage therapist because of my physical circumstances and mm-hmm. schools wouldn't accept me and all those things, but I found a way. Um, about, I think, five or six years into massaging I actually fell um, on ice twice in one weekend and really injured my spine because mm. of my spine was fragile from the spina bifida. And mm. I went through this whole experience of five MRIs in one year and going to a neurosurgeon and just, you know, all of these things and then found out that um, through the neurosurgeon that I had more complications from the spina bifida than I even realized. And he actually told me, he said, you have to start getting out of massage. He said, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I was kind of, you know, at this crossroads in my life of now, what what am I going to do? And and I also sold jewelry in my massage therapy uh, wellness center. So a friend came in and, and was buying jewelry and she brought another friend with her who's actually my mom's boss. And, and she said, Shauna, what are you going to do now that you have to get out of massage? I said, you know, I really don't know. I'm at a crossroads in my life. And I wasn't married at the time. So I made my own money. You know, I didn't have anybody else to depend on. So I right. thought, you know, I've got to 
way to make a living. And so she, my mom's boss um, in the school district actually asked me, she said, I think you'd be a great speaker. She said, would you create a three-hour stress seminar for my, my staff, which was the special education staff through the school district? And mm-hmm. I just looked at her and I said, are you serious? She said, I'm totally serious. Would you do it? And I and I did. And so then she started spreading the word for me. And then I started speaking at state conferences as more people heard in national conferences. And, and I knew I wanted to inspire, encourage, and help people. And I opened up my business of divine potential and, you know, through the speaking. And, and so, and then with the book, I just did that this last year. It just came out in October. Mm-hmm. And I did that because it was so on my heart to write a book. But through all of the transition of getting out of massage and starting my business and everything, there never really seemed to be the time. Mm-hmm. I just got married in um, June of 2009, and so I was living in a brand-new area, and I wasn't working outside of the home, and so and I didn't have to be worrying about making a living. And so it was a perfect time to write my book. And so that's how the book came about. And I actually had a publishing contract about three or four years ago, and um I didn't I didn't get my book written that year because that's when I was having all the health problems. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been an interesting journey, but when I am speaking, I feel like it's what I was born to do. It's, mm-hmm. I love it. And, yeah, so that's kind of my journey of how I came about the speaking, you know, and it's so interesting because I was so frustrated when I fell and got hurt because I absolutely loved massage. Massage was just I never felt like I went to work a day in my life because mm-hmm. people placed one way, you know, and left another. And so I was so frustrated when I fell and, and had to quit. But, yet there was a bigger and better plan, you know, that I just couldn't see at the time. Right. That's so many times the case, you know, when we go through challenges and we just can't see mm-hmm. or why. And, and yet I always feel like one door closes in our life. There's another door or, or a window waiting for us. And we just have to let go of our struggles in order to find that. So that's actually another chapter of my book because, you know, that was taken from personal experience of finding the new beginnings within the midst of adversities. So, that's awesome. And that's another great tip. So as long as we're talking about the book, share the chapters then that you have within the book. Yes, it's a short book. It's 96 pages, so it's an easy read. You know, mm-hmm. people can read it in a weekend or whatever, but it's um, the five, five empowering keys so five chapters of what I've learned in finding freedom in the midst of adversity. So the whole first chapter is about your ability to choose, the ability to choose your perception and your response and your attitude, you know, in your midst of in the midst of your circumstances. And the second chapter is on gratitude. Mm-hmm. As I talked about earlier about, you know, finding the things you have to be thankful for in the midst of, of adversity. And then the third chapter is about the things we say to ourselves in the midst of adversity, our self-talk. And that's so important because, you know, the things we say to ourselves when we're at our lowest, I really believe, is what takes us to where we need to be. And so, or takes us actually, you know, anywhere in our lives. If it's negative, it can take you down a dead end road. Mm -hmm. If it's it can it can take you into a whole new place. So the whole third chapter is about the things we say to ourselves in the midst of adversity. And the fourth chapter is about finding new beginnings and new opportunities in the midst of adversity. And then the last chapter is on finding peace, hope, and joy. Mm -hmm. And what that means and how I've found those things in my life. It's, and I have pictures of me when I was little. And I also tell the story of my brother. Um, he actually passed away in 2008. And so from a motorcycle accident. And oh, sorry. yes, he was my best friend. He actually wanted to be a motivational speaker. And mm-hmm. he um, had started an audio series called Make Your Life Great in 2008. And he never got to finish that before he passed away. And so I knew when I wrote the book, I wanted to also pay tribute to his work because he mm-hmm. was just a 
wise person. So in the back of the book, I have um, 15 of his best audios about the things he'd learned in life that were from that audio series that he started that never got to finish. So mm-hmm. that's a bonus in the back of the book is, is um, a tribute to him. That's awesome. I love that. That is a very nice way to honor his memory. Very nice. Thank you. I knew when he passed away I had to because we'd always talked about doing a, going to make me cry, <laughs> a brother-sister project together mm-hmm. and travel and speak together, you know, and we just never got to. And so this was the best way I could do a brother-sister project mm-hmm. <laughs> since he's no longer here, but he was a phenomenal human being. It sounds like you both definitely are. He was, and um, obviously, like you said, a lot of that points to your parents, who I'm sure are very amazing and yes. were very nurturing and loving and helped you through this process. And where do you hope to go at this point with Divine Potential and the book and those types of things? What are your goals for the future with your organization? Great question, too. With the book, it's been, you know, it's been um, a journey since it's just been out a month. I'm learning the the best ways to, to share my book with people and everything. And so I would love to be able to, to just share my book with as many people as possible, you know. And so that's that's my biggest goal. And so I'm I'm learning right now the, the best ways to do that. And and then with the speaking, I just, I absolutely love speaking. And so I would just love to continue speaking wherever people, I actually have two main topics that I talk on. And um, the one is the, the three-hour stress management seminar that, mm-hmm. you know, I eight years ago. And then my keynote, Beyond Adversity into Freedom. And I've spoken on other things. And with my degree in wellness management, I used to speak on wellness topics and that kind of thing. But my, my two passions right now are on helping people with stress and then with adversity. And I would just love to to continue speaking and, and speaking wherever that, you know, would be. And and then I also hope to write another book in the next year, I think. <laughs> like, wow, is that, is that too much of an ambitious goal? But I, I do want to write more books. So. Mm-hmm. And that's always a good thing because I'm sure you have plenty of great things to share and to help other people to be encouraged and inspired. And I want to ask you what, in your opinion, has been the hardest thing to live with as far as the spina bifida because I know you know everybody has different things that are their big challenges because of their illness or disease or even an emotional or mental issue is there something in particular that's really been challenging for you that you want to share with the listeners that would hopefully encourage anyone with spina bifida that you know it can get better or gets easier or you can get through it that is such a great question too that's you know, it's interesting because with, with spina bifida, there's um, so many disabling effects that go along with it. And it's actually different for every single person, depending mm-hmm. on where the defect location is, you know, in the area of the spine. And so for me, mine was very low, which I'm very thankful. The doctors had told my parents, you know, if it was only an inch higher, I would have been paralyzed. And I do walk with um, a brace and a limp. And, and you know, that that hasn't been as challenging as the internal um, effects of spina bifida because it does affect a lot of your internal organs mm-hmm. such as your colon and your kidneys and your bladder and so that's been the, the biggest struggle for me you know that's what I told another friend of spina bifida I said I could walk like this any day because I don't know any different you know and live with mm-hmm. my brace but but it is the internal the internal organs that are affected that that has been you know the biggest struggle for me where I had rejection and now I look back on it and and somebody asked me just the other day they said Shauna how did you how did you go through that stuff and I Mm -hmm. said you know I really don't know I wish I had a better answer than that I do know that I shed tears about it but I also know that I just think I learned to just let 
a lot of that stuff roll off my back because it just, I knew that, you know, the pain and the shame and things I experienced were in the moment. And, you know, the next day things were going to be better. And mm-hmm. so I think my parents and just me and just God always helped me not to keep my focus on what was wrong or what was going wrong, but just that this is only temporary, you know, and tomorrow is going to be a different day. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, how what's enabled me to get through that is I just knew that what I was going through wasn't going to last forever, mm-hmm. you know, because it doesn't. And, and so, and I'm finding ways, like for me, especially because as you get older, your muscles get weaker. And, you know, so as I age, um, spina bifida isn't something that gets worse. It's just that your muscles are affected more and everything. So I have to really take care of my health, mm-hmm. you know, right now. And, and really, that's, I think, part of why I went into to wellness management, because I, I knew that taking care of my health was going to be very, very important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, with my kidney issues, it's so important. I drink a ton of water and, and, you know, that I keep my legs strong and exercise and that kind of thing. And so, mm-hmm. so there, you know, I think so many times when we have things, we think, oh, there's nothing I can do about this, but yet we always have ways that we can help ourselves and benefit ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that helps me a lot to keep, to be strong, you know, and because then I don't have as many doctor's visits and I don't have as many medicines and, you know, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. a lot lot of times I think even though there's circumstances that are beyond our control, we still always do have a certain element of control. And that's what I try to do to to keep myself going strong, you know, is by doing what I can do to take care of myself Mm -hmm. mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great advice because I know that sometimes any sort of illness or disability can be challenging and you feel hopeless sometimes and discouraged, but it is important to try different things that work for you. And, you know, it's kind of like working out of the gym for those people who don't have any issues. You know, you don't necessarily want to go, but then after you go, you know, you feel better, you know, it's a good thing for you. It keeps you healthy and all those different things, even some of what you mentioned, help keep our attitude positive and our spirit positive. Those are critical, I think, to feeling hopeful and feeling good physically and emotionally amidst your circumstances. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, when you realize there are things I can do to make myself feel Mm -hmm. better, you know, even though I had this issue, if I can do this, you know, to make myself feel better, then, then it's so empowering, you know, when you realize that you're not just completely helpless to the circumstance. And yes, I think that's absolutely true. And And it really does help our mental and our emotional state. I remember in college when I first found out I could exercise because they told me all my life I could never exercise. And it was the most freeing thing Mm -hmm. I'd ever, you know, discovered. Mm -hmm. And so I know that, you know, why I went into wellness management, because I wanted to help other people who didn't think they could be healthy realize that they could, you know, Mm -hmm. even, even if they did have challenges, there are still things we can always do. So that was, that was so freeing for me because I always in growing up, that um, PE teachers just always stuck me in a room on an exercise bike and never let me participate Uh, in PE or those things. And so when I got to college and realized that I could, you know, have a hand in my health and wellness, that was just so freeing to me. And mm -hmm. and I was very, very thankful for that. That's great. That's an important point to um, share with the listeners. And I do want to ask you, because again, I know from my own experiences, if you haven't had a particular medical issue or mental health issue, um, you don't always know how other people feel or what's, you know, some of the most challenging things. But I know there's a lot of people who have physical or even mental health disabilities that feel like they'll never be able to get married or have children. 
And I'm not saying that that's a necessary requirement of life. I just know that a great deal of people want that to happen or look towards that mm -hmm. in their life. And mm -hmm. what would you say to some of the women out there or men who are still single and feel hopeless that they'll never find that right person who can accept their different issues or circumstances? Such a great question, Angela. That That is, you know, something I dealt with a lot in my life, especially when I was, you know, a teenager and didn't get asked to prom and, you know, mm -hmm. didn't have a boyfriend and all those things. You know, I went through that of thinking, you know, am I ever going to find that person mm -hmm. who really can love me for me? And, you know, people had always told me, you will, you know, there's someone out there for everyone. And But I was um, 34 when I got married, so I was married late in life. You know, throughout the teenage years, I did go through, and even like my early 20s, you know, feeling like I was never going to find anybody. But as I got older, I just learned to love my life for what it was mm -hmm. and accept it for what it was. And I learned to love myself. I actually went through a period of anorexia because I thought, you know, if I was super skinny that, you know, a man could love me more. And, mm. and so as I went through the healing of that and just learned to love me for me and become happy with who I was, realizing that even if I never had kids, even if I never had a husband, I had a purpose, mm -hmm. you know, and I truly believe that, yes, that, you know, we're all here for a reason, regardless of, of, I just, we just all have a reason for being here. And so when I learned to embrace that and realize that I had a purpose every single day for, for living, regardless of if there was a, ever children or a husband in the picture, I just began to embrace life more and live life and, and love life, you know, mm -hmm. for what it was. Then, then it actually, um, a friend that was also born with spina bifida met my husband at a military uh, barbecue because her husband was my husband's boss in the military. And so um, she saw in my husband the kind of heart of a man who could, you know, love me unconditionally. And so she told him that day she met him, she said, I have a friend I want you to meet, but she has spina bifida. Do you care? And and he didn't care. And so mm -hmm. we met and, and three years later we were married, you know. And so, but I think that through becoming confident in myself, that's what helped me to find him because I realized I didn't need a man to be happy. Mm -hmm. I didn't need a man to be whole. You know, I was already whole with just who I was and what I had to offer to the world and what I was doing in the world. And so I think it was that growing experience for me that really helped me become ready for marriage and, you know, and be ready for my husband because I just wasn't, I wasn't needy or brokenhearted or feeling rejected. I'd found wholeness inside of myself and then found a man who does love me unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And he's been tremendous. You know, he's absolutely been tremendous through our marriage. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very thankful for that. I don't have children. You know, a lot of people ask me, don't you want children? You know, you're so great with children. But the doctors had told my parents, you know, from the time I was young, that if I ever did get pregnant, I would have to spend most of it in bed. And, and you know, with, I don't have good balance and I don't have good strength in my lower body. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew that having kids wasn't for me, but yet I know several people um, with spina bifida who have kids, you know, mm -hmm. and that's such an amazing thing. And so I would tell people to never give up hope and to realize the value in yourself because mm -hmm. when you realize how valuable you are, regardless of what you have or don't have, then I think it changes your world. Absolutely. I love everything you just said, and I so agree with that and, and am there with you because I think that's the biggest problem that we often face at some point we need to get that wholeness and that healing whether you're male or female to really be ready for the right relationship or marriage or whatever it is that you find in your life to add to your life because it really is about someone adding to your life not having to 
be a part of a missing piece, but they're adding something that's a benefit and a help and a positive. And so I totally get what you're saying, and I thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's so important for people, um, whether they have circumstances they're dealing with or living with or not, to understand that you can get to that point where you say, you know, I am here for a purpose, as you said, and mm -hmm. this is my purpose and my focus, and that's what I'm going to do is live that way. And it's amazing what happens when you start to live that way because then it seems like all the other things just kind of fall into place. Yes, yes, Angela. Yes, I love everything you just said. Yes, I think that's all so very true. So, you know, it, it can be a journey um, sometimes, you know, when you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to find these things, but yet it can be the best thing to not find it at that moment because it causes you to grow and to become better, right. like you said, to become ready mm -hmm. for what's waiting for you. Mm -hmm. So, yes, absolutely. I love what you said. <laughs> Thank you. So tell our listeners um, before we wrap up the show where they can find information about Divine Potential and where they can get your book. Yes, my website is www.divine, and that's D-I-V-I-N-E, potential.com. And actually, I, my book is on that site. You can buy it um, through my website. I have a store on my website, and so that's where you can get my book. And um, there's all the information there about my speaking topics and life coaching and who I am and what I do. And there's my contact information there. So, yeah, so that's www.divinepotential.com. And then if anybody wants to contact me through email, they can through Shauna, which is S-H-A-U-N-A-D as in dog, B as in boy, DB at Gmail. Dot com. My book is available on my website, and it's Beyond Adversity into Freedom. Thank you, Shauna, so much for being on the show today and for sharing your amazing story of inspiration and hope and for, again, reminding our listeners out there that your story does matter and there's always something we can each share to encourage and inspire others. Thank you, Angela. Thank you for the amazing work you're doing. I know you're inspiring and encouraging so many people through your work, and I'm just very, very honored and blessed to have been a part of what you're doing. So thank you so very much for having me. I really appreciate you and what you're doing. Thank you, Shauna.